Hey there, sweet sister friends. So excited to be serving up some special holiday treats over the next few weeks as I interview some guests that will help you keep your health a priority with some very practical, real-life tips and tools to help you navigate this busy holiday season. So grab your pen and paper, and let's get this party started. (laughs) All right, sweet sister friend, welcome back to the Shine with Brandy show. I am so glad you are here today because I have a friend on today, Sarah Kramer, whom I've yet to meet in person, but I love that the internet allows us to literally use the World Wide Web, as my mom still calls it, as a tool. And so we get to introduce you to her today. So welcome, sweet Sarah. Hi, thank you for having me, Franny. I'm so glad you're here. Now, I met Sarah through another friend, Brittany, who's actually going to be on the show um, in December. And we, as I just mentioned, have never met yet, but we have been in the same circles because we are part of Brittany's membership group and we were part of a Reels Challenge and lots of just different intersections um, in our social media life. So I am excited for her to share today because she has many things that I think will resonate with our audience. As we know, we talk on this podcast about faith, fitness, and fun and all things health related. So she's going to definitely share some insights to that. Um, Not only is she uh, an RN, she's a wife and a mama, and she's an intuitive eating and health coach. And so she has a lot of personal experiences with dieting and exercise compulsion and poor body image and just many things that I, I know that she is going to bless you with today. So actually, Sarah, why don't I just kind of open that door and kind of give you the reins for you to share a little bit about some of your background, you know, talk about any and all of those things that you would like. Sure. Hi, I'm Sarah Kramer. My story started as me working as a registered nurse. I've been a nurse for 15 years now and um, worked in a variety of areas, but I always had this love for fitness. And so a few years ago, I was like, something just feels like it's missing from my life. You know, I do my workouts all the time and things like that. And I decided I wanted to start fitness coaching. And that was kind of the missing piece to my puzzle at the time where I could help people, um, on their fitness journey and encourage people to move their bodies. Um, but prior to that, I had had an eating disorder as a late teen and I overcame that and then followed that with a good decade of disordered eating and dieting. And I really exercised for reasons that were mainly about the scale and shrinking my body. And so my reasons for exercise for a long time were about burning calories and things like that. And when I started to shift my mindset and start healing um, my relationship with food and exercise, then I could start coaching other people. And I was in a place where I could coach other people to move your body for reasons beyond the scale and to nourish the body, not punish the body. And so coaching is something that I really enjoy. And I have a bit of a different approach perhaps than what the norm is for many um, people out there, but I think it is something that is very helpful for many. Girl, well, what a powerful testimony, because I know that many women, you know, struggle with disordered eating, eating disorders. Um, Why don't we actually unpack that for a second? Can you tell us the difference between disordered eating and an eating disorder? So the difference is an eating disorder is a mental health issue. There's a lot of overlap in 
things, they both involve dieting, perhaps food restriction, um, sometimes binging, but an eating disorder is something that needs to be diagnosed by a practitioner as it is a mental health issue. Whereas disordered eating is like food rituals, um, not allowing yourself to eat certain foods, only allowing yourself to eat a certain amount um, when your body is really telling you that it needs more. It's a lot of rules around food and habits that aren't supporting our well-being. Well, girl, I know this, that neither you nor I like to have rules. <laughs> I like to be able to break all the rules. And so certainly when it comes to eating, but I know that when you're trying to, you know, it's a control mechanism, right? And I don't know exactly which uh, yes. eating disorder you had in your years, in your teen years, but I definitely was a binge eater. And my eating disorder was a way for me to try to control what was beyond my control in terms of, you know, my life, my childhood, and just my, you know, young adult life was really beyond my control, a lot of abuse in my background. And so for me, I could go ahead and kind of package that up. I could eat as many, you know, little Debbie snack cakes as I wanted and as many pieces of pizza. And so I love that you differentiate the two because I feel like many women I know um, still have a lot of disordered eating, disordered eating, and they call it discipline, right? We want to put a yeah. new label on it. And so we'll say, oh, I can't have that when they're going out with girlfriends or, oh, I don't eat that. And I'm like, okay, well, that already in your mind tells your mind a negative thing, right? Like I can't have that as coming from a place of lack or negativity versus I choose not to, or I choose, you know, to have this instead of that. So I love that you're able to um, help us unpack that. Let me circle back then to some of the things that you brought up that were so important because I feel like, you know, especially with this uh, show, the specifics in terms of health and fitness we oftentimes will, especially as we're leading up to the holidays, which is why I'm excited to have you on, will oftentimes, at least in the past, and you could probably relate to this, say, okay, well, I'm going to go to this party on Friday night to this cocktail party. So I'm going to go ahead and do an extra intense workout today, right? Or I'm going to not eat all day so I can conserve and reserve my calories for tonight. Can you speak a little bit to that and maybe some of the you know tips or tactics that you might be able to support somebody who might already have that kind of mindset going into this holiday season? Sure. So it's important to recognize that is disordered. That would be disordered eating or disordered relationship with exercise. And it's really difficult to recognize those things within ourselves sometimes. And we can say, oh, you know, my relationship with food is fine or my relationship with exercise is fine, but it's oftentimes very disordered. And so once we can recognize that, we can start taking some steps to undo or relearn how to support our body. So it's important, especially during the holiday season, there's a lot of chatter about those kinds of things. You don't have to add on an extra workout. And the holidays are already a stressful time. Our bodies are stressed as it is. So adding on another workout is going to stress your body more. If you're already doing, you know, a workout every day, that's wonderful. That's health promoting. If you're adding on another workout, you're going to start to stress your body out. And then your body's going to start wonder what's going on. And so we don't want to add to the stress. We want to help relieve the stress. So stick with one workout a day. And by the way, if you skip a workout, it's okay. Life goes on. That happens during the holiday season in particular. But when it comes to the food, what happens when you're not eating during the day 
it often leads to a binge at night because you haven't been nourishing your body during the day and giving it the energy it needs. Then all of a sudden you eat some food and you're, you're just consuming, consuming, consuming because you're trying to make up for what you didn't get during the day. So before you go to holiday parties, make sure that you're eating your regular meals, make sure that you're eating foods that digest well for you. And know that if you eat a little more some days, that's part of the human experience and that's normal. And you don't have to cut back the next day as a result. When I think that that is a challenge for us, right? Because we oftentimes like to have things equal or measured, or we like to have, again, that control. And I went, you know, crazy here. And I think, you know, if you, what do they say? Is it from Halloween, I think to New Year's average, you know, American gains seven to 10 pounds. But I think that we give ourselves that permission, you know, that permission slip to say, ah, forget it. Screw it. I've already started with the Snickers and the fun size, you know, Milky Way and all the things. And so we just kind of go on that landslide. And so what would you say, or perhaps maybe you've worked with women, how would you help them kind of keep that? There's no balance hundred percent to it, because as you just mentioned, part of the human experience is allowing yourself to have, you know, some of those days where you, I don't want to say go off the rails. I don't want to say that. And I don't, I definitely don't say cheat days, but what would you say, or how would you kind of help somebody to create a container to keep their health as a healthy priority? So I always think of it as like, okay, we all need ways to cope and deal with our stress this time of year. So make your workouts a priority. And if that means that, you know, maybe you're used to five days of workouts each week, if you can only do four days during the holiday season or three days, whatever, show up on those days for yourself so that you can help manage some of that stress and that tension that you may be feeling. Another thing is making sure you're eating a variety of foods. Nobody is going to feel good if they're eating, you know, cookies for every meal um, for an extended period of time. So have the cookies if you want the cookies, but make sure that you're incorporating other foods in your day-to-day meals to help support your body, to keep your immune system functioning well, because we're also in the season of illness. And so we want to keep our bodies functioning well. And so eating a variety of foods, having some fruits, having some vegetables, making sure you're eating protein and carbohydrates um, that are perhaps non-sugar related also. But at the end of the day, it's okay to eat those other things because yes, food is a coping mechanism. We don't want it to be our only coping mechanism, but it is a coping mechanism. And it also elicits a lot of memories for us as well. So maybe those cookies that you're eating or that fudge that you like reminds you of your grandma who has since passed away or, you know, childhood memories that were positive for you, things like that. So eat a variety of foods, continue moving your body and make sure you're hydrating. I'm so glad you brought that up because I have a girlfriend who she's also a mom. She has four children. And I was saying, I knew her grandmother and she did make this really good Italian cookie. And I said, oh my gosh, do you, have you carried on that tradition with your girls? And she says, oh no, we can't have that in the house. And it broke my heart because I thought about how it was a tradition for her 
for her, right. And her mother, and then her, it was from her grandmother. And now she broke the tradition because she didn't want to have the sweets around, or she didn't want to have that, you know, bad food air quote. And I was like, girl, I'm like, you are missing out. Like you're literally robbing them of the experience because of a lack of self-control. And don't get me wrong, like I'm not thinking you should have, you know, 18 dozen cookies around just because, but it was also like, it was such a family connection. And so I, you know, while we don't lead by our emotions, it's good to have those memorable memories, as you just mentioned, and, you know, connections and touch points with people or, you know, traditions or experiences of years past to carry on. So I love that you shared that. So I, I just want to circle, go ahead. It, it makes me think because I recently our issues and put them on our children. And so that's kind of a situation where perhaps someone has their own issues with food or thoughts or feelings around food. And then sometimes we put those on kids and in turn, we don't allow them to have the experience themselves. And so a lot of times the thing is like, oh, if you feel like you don't have control around a certain food, don't keep it in your house. That used to be the big thing. And now um, we encourage that. It's, okay. it's more encouraged to have that food around and normalize having that food around. And maybe at first you're gonna eat a lot of it, eventually it's going to simmer down right. and you're going to start paying attention to, okay, what amount of this food feels good in my body? And that way you can still have the experience with your family too. Well, and I love that you say that too, because as we know, anything that is completely restricted makes you want it more, right? It makes yeah. you desire it that much more. And so I've known people who have had their children on no sugar, you know, from the time they were pretty much born and then they go to school and all of a sudden it's, you know, Chelsea's birthday. And then there's, you know, cupcakes. And then all of a sudden it's Zach's birthday and there's cut, you know, and so then they don't know what to do with it. And then they go on that crazy binge and it's just, you know, it's learning how to do everything. I always say everything in moderation, even moderation, you know, you yeah. don't want to limit or restrict too many things. And, you know, that's why from a faith perspective, you know, it tells us in scripture that you have the spirit of self-control. Now, whether you access it and whether you activate it, that's a whole other story, but you have it. It's just a matter of those saying to yourself, like, okay, like, which do I want more, you know, to fit into those pants, you know, in six more, or to be able to run around with my kids in, you know, six weeks or, you know, whatever, ride bikes, or it doesn't matter if I have cookies, you know, a whole plate of cookies. So, yes. yeah, I love that. Can you speak to that for a minute? Because you have two daughters, you've got two uh, elementary school age daughters. And can you speak to maybe some practices or some things that you do to try to help them, you know, learn? And this is totally off script. So I, I apologize for not having it in the show notes or um, our outline, but could you kind of share some of the things? Obviously that was one that you just shared about having foods around so that they can learn healthy behaviors and relationships with things. Are there any other practices that you could maybe offer to a listener who has small children, who's trying to teach some healthy practices? Sure. So what works well for us is I, I'm an intuitive eating coach. And so we practice intuitive eating here. And so with intuitive eating, it's, it's not having food rules and it's listening to your body and what your body wants. And people say like, what, what do you mean? Listen to your body. The more you pay attention to what foods feel good in your body and digest well, give you energy, the more you will figure out, okay, these are the kinds of foods that I like and enjoy and taste good. So with our kids, we don't have rules around food. 
And sometimes I gently encourage things, but for example, I don't force vegetables. I don't force them to eat vegetables. I have done that in the past and one of our daughters choked on corn. So I was like, okay, I'm not gonna force the corn anymore. Um, but it was creating a lot of stress at mealtime to be trying to push the veggies. And so that's something that we don't do. I will give them a bite, they can take a bite, and then we kind of let it be. That being said, as we've done that, they have a salad bar at school now. A few weeks ago, they came home all excited about this salad bar, that the salad bar was going to be opening up and they were going to be choosing to have salad some days or carrots or different fruits. And that is the beauty of not forcing things, but letting them make their own choices around food and know that, okay, this is working. Like what we're doing is working. Now, do they always choose the fruits and vegetables? No, they love their sweets, but I'm not here to say you can't have that because that's bad for you because it just makes them feel bad and it creates this icky feeling around certain foods. So a lot of times I will say, now, are you satisfied with what you've had? Do you remember last time you ate more and your tummy was upset and you didn't feel very good? And so now they're starting to tune into those things too. That's powerful too, because especially you have two young daughters, you know, and having had your own personal experiences, I think that so powerful to be able to look at that next generation and say, I want it different for them, you know, and we all know that so many girls, I mean, I think the statistics are, it's over 50% of kindergartners have already been put on a diet. You know, it's like these crazy stats. And so, you know, I don't have children of my own, but I definitely, I have nieces and have been around a lot of children. And I think, gosh, to, to have these pressures, you know, and just the social media, you know, and the images and all the things that they've been exposed to now to add that into it, it's just another layer, you know, that, a child doesn't have to consider and think about. And I think it's wise yeah. too, because it teaches them good behaviors and choices for other things, you know, when they're exposed to, you know, dating and relationships and drugs and things like that, like knowing that self-control and having that turn off button to say like, mm, that's not going to be a good thing for me. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good point too. And, well, you know, there are so many body image issues starting young young and I want to encourage them to know that it's not about what size you are and it's 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 hard because the body comparison starts when they're younger kids and so you know it's these conversations that we have around body image as well and knowing that we don't all have to look the same we don't all have to eat the same or exercise the same so a lot of conversations. So good though. I mean, you need to keep that dialogue open as best as you can, you know, especially that they can come to you, um, you know, talk about all that because a lot of kids don't feel like they have that support. So I love you have that open dialogue. I want to piggyback on something you just mentioned in terms of sizes, um, because one of the reels I saw that you had shared and it was so good. And it was such a reminder where you're like, I'm going to share something I haven't shared. Here's all the different sizes in my closet, small, medium, large, 10, 12, 14. Like you were literally like just holding up clothes and saying like, look, there's no one size fits all. So can you kind of share a little bit about that? And we'll close with that. Just thinking that, you know, I know that many people, myself being one of them, I used to have like 
the place in your closet where you had clothes that were like the ones that were beyond where you're like, okay, these are when I'm maxed out. And then the ones that were like, okay, when, when you've lost a few pounds, I can go to this section of the closet. Can you speak a little bit to that in terms of just kind of that, if you will, that vanity sizing and just the way that our culture has, you know, I don't wear a size 10, most likely like I didn't 10 years ago, but most of the clothes I buy now, because the way they've adjusted the sizes are size 10. And I'm like, mm, not really sure if that's accurate. So can you speak a little bit to that, Sarah? Sizing is so messed up for women and it's, it messes with our minds a lot and it creates a lot of comparison. So yeah, like you said, with that video I made, I don't usually talk about my weight or sizes, but I'm like, you know what? Somebody actually asked me to make that kind of um, video okay. about sizing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yes, I was going to anyway. So perfect. Um, it can be so confusing and it can be frustrating. And it, there are a lot of emotions around shopping and sizes for women. And something I talk about is that your size does not equal your worth. If your size is larger than someone else's, that doesn't mean that you're less worthy and, you know, vice versa. It's just a size. Right. And our health is not, we are not healthy or unhealthy based on what size pants we wear. You know, that for a long time, the conversation was about, oh, if you're skinnier, then you're healthy. And if you're in a larger body, then you're not healthy. And it's so not true. We can't gauge health based on sizes. It's just not true because I always say the stuff that's keeping us alive is all on the inside and it's what you're not seeing. And so that's what we should be focusing on is the inner parts of us versus so much about the external parts of us and our size and what our weight is and things like that. It can be very discouraging to have a wide variety of sizes in your closet. But I think that when you also know and accept that there is a huge inaccuracy in the way that clothes are made, it's important to not feel bad when you go up a size. It doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. It doesn't mean that you're not healthy. It just means that perhaps it's a different brand or you know, things like that. We focus so much on the size that it's not about the size. We have to start focusing more on the inner stuff and that's what's keeping us alive. When I love that, because that is, you know, exactly what we talk about on this podcast in terms of just your faith, right. And just in terms of your spirituality that, you know, it tells us in three John two, that I pray that you're prospering, that you're physically, you know, your body is prospering just as your soul's prospering. It's when you have the insides that are healthy, that the outsides, and I'm not just talking about your heart and your lungs, of course, those are really important, but when you're mental, when you have that, you know, in your mind, like you mentioned, you know, your value and your worth, when you recognize that you are this priceless, priceless, pardon me, you know, valuable treasure beyond measure and that you recognize, okay, well I can do a push up, and I'm, it's a fine line, right. Too, because I feel like there's been a lot of people in the last you know, year or so where you've seen some things. And I feel like it's not healthy to be 350 pounds. If you can't still walk up a flight of stairs or walk on the treadmill, because again, going back to the insides, like 
okay, I weigh 175 pounds. I don't care about sharing that with people because I'm like, but I can do push-ups, I can do sit-ups. Like that's what matters more importantly to me is how can I actually move, maneuver, move my body? You know, can I do the things um, that are gonna help me sustain lifelong health, you know, for long-term, so. Yeah, it's about that quality of life. If you're not able to walk to the mailbox comfortably, if you're not able to, you know, get in your car without being short of breath. Um, we need to focus on something, right? Make, make a little bit of change and figure out what it is that could help support our health versus, you know, staying in a place where maybe we're not comfortable. Right. Right. hundred percent. So, well, girl, this was so helpful. I know that as we head into the holiday season, many of the things that we talked about, many of the things you shared will certainly be tips that I will be considering and reminding myself of, um, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of fall off the wagon or get a little bit lazy with some of our habits and behaviors. Um, even when you're in this space and in this business, you know, doing this. So thank you so much for being on. Can you tell people, I mean, you guys, Sarah has great reels. Hers are very informative fun. She's got some with her girls. You, you, you have a variety of things, you know? And so I love that we get to see a number of facets about you and get to know you personally um, through your personal brand that way. How can they connect with you, girl? So on Instagram, it's at I am Sarah Kramer and the same for you too. It's Sarah Kramer, fitness and intuitive eating coach, TikTok. I'm on Facebook. Franny will have all of that in the show notes. I am sure I'm in a lot of places. Yes. I will definitely put that in the show notes. And then I'll also tag it on my social. So where I tag it on Facebook and Instagram, I'll tag you um, so that people can then go ahead over and watch. I don't tag on YouTube or any of that stuff, but I'll put that in the show notes so they can go ahead and follow you and uh, get your information. So, well, thank you, girl. I so appreciate you being on. And uh, to the ladies who are listening today, I pray that this blesses you. If so, you always, always know, I ask you to share it with a friend because we want to get the word out um, to be able to help others become healthier, stronger, and more confident. And that is our mission here. So until we meet next time, Keep on shining.